Welcome to the Unwinding Hours, a Shining Podcast. I'm Lisa Herring. I'm Andy Rocco. Welcome to our second episode on continuity. It's, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of your episode. It's you kind of your, it's your show. No, but we're doing it together. I'm just a co-host, really. Well, yeah, but I don't want to talk about it by myself. Oh, yeah, okay. So I need you. All right, fine. Even though it was pointed out to me that... The image is um, just my face. Yeah. On the well, end I, photo. Well, someone was pointing out the continuity error of the show by saying, "Hey, isn't there two hosts?" And I'm like, "Well, it is Lisa's show, and I do host it with her, but I'm more of her her sidekick." Also, it wouldn't be. I feel like the joke of the photo is that it's just one person's face. Yes. I think if I added two people. Yeah, it would be you would muddle the joke. Yeah, I would say that, but even though the joke is for me, yes, we're and we're talking continuity, and we are talking continuity about our show and our photo and everything because it all comes together. It all comes together. What is what is continuity, Lisa? When um, we say continuity for people who don't know what we're talking about, I think everybody knows what we're talking about. Well, why don't you say it just to spell it out? Well, now that's a lot of pressure to define continuity. It's just sort of things continuous. Does it make sense? Is something there in one shot that should be there because you saw it before in the next shot? The answer is no. In The Shining, basically the entire movie is filled with, with, uh, with inconsistency, yes. which is notable Yes. Um, because... Uh, May I say one thing? You can say a thing. I think, it's, I think Stanley Kubrick did it as an homage to all great horror, and all horror that always has hmm. continuity issues. Because they're generally shot on a low budget, fast and cheap, and then, or the, like in general, monsters, they're kind of like, like Frankenstein, the Frankenstein's monster, you know, is he alive, is he dead? It doesn't make sense, but you know, you're going along with it. I guess, of. I'm not sure that I agree with that, but... But I think all horror has continuity I don't think issues. that Stanley Kubrick was um, an appreciator of horror movies, to be totally honest. I could be wrong. I, I'm basing that off of my assumptions of him mm -hmm. and what seems to have been a bad attitude about everything. That is true. But I think he was going to, I think he would play homage to it. But I do think it's extremely intentional. Yes. You and think I'm a lot say, of these continuity errors are intentional, right? I think that basically everything in The Shining is intentional mm -hmm. um, because it was filmed on a set mm -hmm. with the exception of, like, well, like three or four shots of the Timberland Lodge in um, Oregon as, like, the exterior. Mm -hmm. And even then, that notably doesn't have a hedge maze. You can tell that that's a totally different location. Um, and then the other reason is uh, the movie was shot in order. Mm -hmm. uh, which is not a thing that happens. And if there was ever a movie to exist that should not have continuity errors, it should be The Shining because he was crazy and meticulous and everything was like, you know, there, there was no opportunity to be like, oh, let's come back to this like tomorrow and redo it. Right. Um, so there's inconsistencies I would say, like, in everything. Like, some of them are extremely minor. Like, the, um, the, there's the coffee machine in the hall outside of their apartment, and I think it's brown 
It definitely changes color, but I think it's brown in one um, scene and then it's white in another scene. Yes. Um, it's a lot of little, a lot of little things like that. Or um, in the scene in the beginning with Danny and Dick and they're talking about um, The Shining mm-hmm. and eating ice cream. Like, there's a whole bunch of like work posters behind Safety Dick. posters and such. In some shots. And then total whiteness in other shots. And it's really like it's it's like a blurry background, blurry, blurry background, and you can't really see them very well. But like it's it's enough to like kind of notice it. Were you gonna say something? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I can kind of see it making sense because that scene is very expositional, and a lot of information is kind of coming out of Dick. There's like information behind them, and then there's not because it's Mm -hmm. he's kind of referring to just like the ethereal. Yeah. So that kind of be a symbol of that. Uh, but I like that. Do you want to go into why you think that, aside from like little subtle meta- metaphors? Oh, yeah. Uh, would you like to explain why you think most of these continuity errors are there? Because it, it makes it creepy. Yeah. Um, it makes it, it really, it's like so subtle that like you would not notice it unless you were looking for them. Or unless you were to watch it every day for an extended period of time. Um, But it creates such a feeling of unease. The movie is like so uneasy. And it's these little things, like these little things that build up. That like your brain doesn't register them, but you know that something's off. And it was said that uh, Stanley Kubrick uh, was very into subliminal uh, advertising and messaging. So, like, they, I, I, I kind of, I believe that that's very true. The, I, the, just one little subliminal thing, such as that uh, there's a part where there's a bunch of luggage, and then the scene fades that the people turn into the luggage when the scene fades from, now that's not a continuity or, thing. Or even, even, I guess this isn't a continuity thing either, but the luggage itself you know, like you look at the luggage that they bring in to the Overlook. Mm-hmm. They drove a Volkswagen Bug. Yeah. Like that stuff did not fit in their car. And yet they have a massive amount of stuff with them. Yes. Uh, I mean, also, I feel like a lot of luggage just reads better, too. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Uh, more It's more visually interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, what's another inconsistency? Um, the other, th- other, other, th- yeah, yeah. Um, another thing is uh, what do we got? Uh, uh, and Danny sees room. Two Danny three. sees room two thirty seven for the first time. This I'm like sort of skeptical about the the two thirty seven thing, just because I will say this. Um, one of the the thoughts about it is like, well, he wanted to change it to two thirty seven because the distance between the moon and the Earth is um, 237,000 miles, but it's like 239,000 mm-hmm. miles, so I'm a little bit on the fence of that. Um, was it was it that what they thought at the time? Because like sometimes... It's what internet crazies think. Excuse oh. me, internet people mm-hmm. think. Um, but like when Danny sees the room for the first time, um, so he sees it, and you're drawn to room 237... But if you look at the room across the hall, the door is open, right. and you can see that it's a set. Yes. And I refuse to accept that that's an accident, given like the 
repetition of like, you know, they shot these scenes so many times that like nobody was just like, hey, we should close that door. Um, I think it's like a it's like a little trick of like you're you're paying attention to like the wrong thing. Like right. it's to test like what you're observing. Um, well, that's also just good filmmaking in the sense that you're you can do a lot of business for the movie's sake, but you can also give the audience information too visually. Yes, and I will say Stanley Kubrick, pretty good visual filmmaker. Yeah, I would say solid top fifteen. People have said that. Um, I mean, so that's 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 a fun one. What else? Um, uh, the wood, like wood moves, the yes. big wood moves in the Colorado the Lounge. Big wood sculpture that's in um, the Colorado. Chairs move. It's just like it literally is like constant to describe them. The typewriter move or the typewriter probably moves. But notably, it changes colors. It's a totally different typewriter. Yes. Uh, they, uh, I've heard that it's supposed to symbolize that we're actually going into Jack's story that he is writing at that moment. And that's why the typewriter is different, is that he's writing... The rest of the movie is what Jack wrote, uh, which is... Kind of makes sense. It's kind of an interesting idea. Again, I think it might have been used as a jarring thing uh, to just kind of make everybody feel uneasy or you're kind of not sure. I think that's another interesting thing is like if you're not 100% sure about something. There's always kind of a creepy thing where you're like, you don't think of it as creepy, creepy right as it happened, but you're like, where's that thing? I just put it like right here. And it's so like... Like you're gaslighting yourself. Yes, and then like you do find it eventually, and I get I can imagine that it is a little bit of that, but I also feel like uh, maybe there was just two typewriters there, <laughs> and he and Jack just switched to another one. I mean, uh, maybe I guess of all the things that is the most like plausible, but also really unlikely that there would be two identical Adler typewriters typewriters. That um, there's like, well, I have black one and white one. Mm -hmm. I guess it's like grayish. Um, No, that's not an accident. No, I refuse to accept accidents. Right. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it isn't an accident. I'm just saying it's. I was just also trying to just think of uh, an excuse that hap for why he's maybe switched them. In between cutscenes, I guess. Well, but I mean, even like you're like in the shot where like Wendy, all Wendy wants to do is support her husband and give him sandwiches. I know. And he's just sitting there, and like I think he takes the he takes the paper out. Can I? And then there's paper back, and you don't see him put paper back in there. And then the chair moves. Sometimes there's a chair behind him. Sometimes there's not. He's not getting up. Can I? Can I? I wanted to do this. Can you? Can we do the, uh, a quick scene? I'll be Jack. Okay. And you be Wendy, and you do the thing where you offer me sandwiches. This is how I would do it. Ready? All right, go. I thought I could bring down a couple sandwiches. You could show me what you wrote. Wendy, I... Wait, did you say sandwiches? Yeah. Oh, I would love one. Yeah, yeah. Bring okay, some sandwiches. Okay, I going to make a few sandwiches. <laughs> a few? Yeah. Oh, my God. Can I get, like, one more? So it could be, like... So, three sandwiches? I, I kind of thought maybe three, and then you bring four. Four cent. I mean, 
one slice of bread has like 120 calories. I'm writing a book here. I'm got, I got to get all the energy. And see. Mm. Um, that would be such a different movie. <laughs> and um, I know. I just, I just thought like, I feel like no one can send any sandwiches around me and I can't be like. That's ah. like most people. Like people love sandwiches. Sandwiches are delicious. I don't. But most people do. They're so good. I don't like the book, The Shining, and I don't like sandwiches. And those are probably two of the most alienating <laughs> things about me. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's just salad on a portable, edible plate. Yeah. I just like have it. a salad. <laughs> uh, you, love, you love sandwiches, but you love meat. You like, you know... If you you would love roast beef, but yeah. you don't want it on a sandwich. No, I'd rather just eat the roast beef with my hands. That, that's, the sh- that's like The Shining. You love The Shining movie, the roast beef, but not. Yeah, The Shining beef. is the roast beef, and the book is and, something that looks. And like the book a is bread, and looks like a sandwich. That checks out. Books are essentially sandwiches for the mind. Well, I like books. <laughs> Just not that book. I know. I'm just as you know, I'm reading my very long Nazi book. Yes, great sandwich. It is. <laughs> someday I'll finish it. Anyway, uh, what's uh, another inconsistency? Um, my favorite inconsistency. Are we calling them inconsistencies or continuity? You know what? Let's mix it up so it's okay. inconsistent. Uh, what? Are you jarred, listener? L- listener. Listener. Maybe Mike is listening to the second podcast with my mom and Steven. Yeah. We'll find out because they'll probably say something. And then after this, he's going to be like, more sandwich bits. Um, my favorite thing, so Wendy in the beginning, she's talking to the, the doctor um, mm-hmm. after Danny kind of kind of blacks out. Right. Um, and she is telling the doctor about uh, Danny's uh, shoulder injury. Oh, yes. And um, she's like, well, how did that happen? And Wendy... You know, it's, it's the kind of thing you do a thousand times to a child. Um, and she says, like, something good came out of it. And that uh, that uh, Jack gave up drinking. And uh, he's been sober for five months. Right. So the way that story is told kind of gives you the impression that this happened about five months ago. Right. Um, later, Jack is in the, um, the Gold Ballroom talking to Lloyd. Yes. And he is... He is describing the incident to Lloyd and says, it was three goddamn years ago. Right. That's quite a difference. It is quite a difference. Uh, I feel like that's a, it's a really interesting thing to, because I think, I feel like if you've only seen it so many times, when I say so many times, I, let's just say three. <laughs> if you have only seen it three times, I think you kind of, that just kind of blows by and you don't really think about it. But it is interesting because it either means that it's like, it's actually happened before and Wendy is telling the doctor a lie right? to cover up that, uh, you know, or she's telling him the truth and Jack is kind of lying just to... What I think is that, th- is that there's numerous incidents. Yes, that, and there's also that I, there's numerous is incidents. It's that Jack's version of hurting Danny... Is is not the same incident that that Wendy is referring to. Yes, I also feel that uh, he's uh, not a good guy. 
not a good guy. I no. think that it's just like indicative of like this the the pattern of abuse. That it's right. not like a one-off thing. And that it's, it's also, like repetitive to the point where like it's hard to keep track of when it's happened. Yes. And I also think it's uh, interesting because uh, I, I think Danny is supposed to be like five or six. Let's just say. Let's say at the very, maybe at the oldest six. If he's six, that means three years ago was he did it to him when he was three. And that's crazy. That's super messed up. It, that is such a crazy Because I have a friend that's seven right now. Yeah. He's our friend. Our friend is seven. Yeah, our friend's seven years old. Um, and I can't imagine doing that to him as a six or even more so as a three-year-old. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, what's another uh, thing? You know what? I think the biggest thing that I, that I we missed, mm-hmm. um, and maybe this will be a 20-minute podcast this week, um, Charles and Delbert Grady. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Oh, yes. That... Uh, that that uh, that in the beginning it's oh caretaker about ten years ago Charles Grady uh, killed his family chopped him up into little bits right and then we meet Delbert Grady. Delbert Grady who is the same Grady I mean I guess the the difference is he describes his kids as eight and ten and um. The girls are twins, even though that's a whole other thing that I'm not going to get into now. I don't think they're twins. But um, it's not, it's the same person. Yes. We're, we're led to believe the only difference is the name. I would, I could argue that if this is really the point where it becomes the story that's in Jack's typewriter, that he kind of had, took some liberties with changing the name. But I don't think that's, I'm not going with that. I know. I'm just theory. saying that's just a thought I had uh, that this is now his little now his version of this story. But I, I mean, I guess this gets into another theme that we're going to hit on at another time. But similarly, with like Danny's patterns of abuse mm-hmm. and the 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 five months and the three years, I think that the distinction is important because also like Delbert Grady lives. This would have happened in like 1970, 1969. The movie was was released in 1980, so it was 10 years prior to that. And the girls and and Grady are not they don't look like they're from the late 60s, early 70s. Right. Um and I think it's also just like the the cyclical nature of this. Like in, and it's like repetitious and it it may be like different versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. To kind of go off of like the 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 cyclical nature of The Shining, in general. Yes. Oh, I can't wait until we get into that episode about child abuse. All child abuse. Well, <laughs> no, that one's like that's more. It's more than just child abuse, Annie. It's like the Holocaust yes. and like genocide in general. It gets real fun, real oh, yeah. fast. There's so much fun in it. I mean, it's a. Uh, I'm going to say that there, uh, there's just a certain level of that. It's r- all about toxicity. It is. And uh, of a, just like uh, when I say man, I mean like humankind's kind of. Specifically men. And men. And it, I think it's Men inter- are bad. You know what I think? It's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to get too ahead of myself about it, but it seems like it's like, kind of, it's like, it's about hum- humankind's toxicity. And then they're like, Namely, men's toxicity. Maybe namely, white men's white toxicity. Men. It's mostly white men. <laughs> Na- I'm so namely, sorry. their ancestors' toxicity. Yeah. No, they're still plenty toxic. Oh no, there's a lot. There's so much to go through. 
Uh, but uh, as far as the continuity, I feel like that's kind of the interesting thing because I feel like we try to just glaze over these like big mistakes. Well, and our brain also like naturally wants to like make sense of things and yes. put things together, which is like basically what's going on in Jack's head when he's like in the bathroom and he's like kind of looking at his fingers is like what? Yeah. But I I think that's like how we as society move on is like I I do there is like moments in my day where I'm like I can't believe so much of what I have in my life is based on suffering of others and like the like just the fact that a whole a whole race of that's Indians. That's such a bummer. That's I such know, a bummer way to end this. That's why that's why Do you know what I love though? It's not an inconsistency. What? But Wendy's overalls. Oh yeah. Those are great. Those are the best overalls. Lisa has been searching the world. That's for these literally overalls. like a five-part episode that yes. we have not even tapped into. I mean, well, I guess maybe we should put it out there just in case there's people who aren't our friends who know a lot. If you know how to get access to those overalls, we'll pay some money. Some money. <laughs> some money. Probably not what they're worth. Yeah. Um, but I want them. They're super cool. They have little fun straps. Anyways, thank you for listening to the Unwinding Hours. I'm Lisa Herring. I'm Mandy Rocco, the co-host. Hey, hey, Lisa. Yeah. It's snowing outside. What do you want me to do about it? I don't know. I just thought we'd go out for a walk. Okay. Okay.